Welcome to the Retail Tea Break. Each week, I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers, and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge, and give you a better insight into the industry. My aim, as always, is to empower retailers and product creators to reach their potential. So, grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen in. My name is Melissa Moore, and this is the Retail Tea Break. Today, I talk to a woman who knows this industry so well, both as a retailer and now as a product creator. This award-winning coach, NLP practitioner, and all-around epic human. Um, I'm so pleased she's with me today. Tara Rafter, the navigation coach. Good morning. Morning. How are things? I'm good. You're so good to join us today. And actually, as I was saying to you just before we started recording, you're the perfect woman to kind of take us through this crazy time of year. You've been there. You've done it yourself. You know what it's like. But also, I think you now have the tools to share with us to get us through the next kind of seven weeks up until Christmas. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> Thanks no pressure. for having me. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. So commit to kick us off, I suppose, yeah. in all things tea related in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which is technically about two minutes. Yeah. Tell us a bit about you and the business. A bit about me. So I was in the retail world for 19 years before I transitioned over. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Um, and then I went out on maternity leave with my son, Kai, in 2015. First time I stopped since I was probably about nine and really thought about where I was all going, where, where the world was going and what I wanted to do with my life. And I kind of started exploring courses in the middle of the night when I was up feeding and stuff. And I took the absolute scenic route is the only thing I can say to you. We'd be here for the day. Um, and I ended up on a course and they did one of those icebreaker things around the room and the last person to speak was a coach. Um, so I had a conversation with him at the 11 o'clock tea break, as you do, and went back under the table and started to frantically Google courses. Um, and yeah, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. I did the phone interview for the Irish Life Coach Institute, um, began my training as a professional coach qualified on a Sunday and I took my first client Monday morning and I'm into year five I've never looked back yeah it's massive wow but you know I think that's quite a realistic approach out there as well you might have gone around the houses but I think that's very real isn't it yeah I hadn't a clue like now that I'm in the coaching world sure if I had known I would have gone to a coach but like I didn't know (laughs) the only undercurrent was people So when I was in the retail world and when I had done my honours degree, I specialised in human resources and industrial relations. And then when I was in the retail world, the people bit was always the bit. I was always the one that did the recruitment and selection and the interviews and I did the staff rostering and all of that kind of stuff. So I was always with the people. Um, And that was the part of it that I absolutely loved. And sure, on the side, I was reading psychology papers and books about personal development and never joined the bloody dots until I got talking to your man on that course. And I was like, oh, my God, is that a job? Do you get paid? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that you could love something so much and that that could end up being your job. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But my goodness, aren't we all the richer, the fact that you've done it. Um, Commit, take me back. You've obviously worked in this sector. You you know what it's like. How was it for you? Yeah, it was a big, big learning curve. Um, 
I, when I was small, like, you know, genuinely now, like seven, eight, nine, um, it's a long time ago, right? And in the 80s, and ma'am had no one to mind us. So I used to go to Dunn's with her. Um, so I started my journey in the retail world really young. And they used to put, you know, those merchandiser coats, you know, the white coats that you see yeah. people wearing. And it used to be down at my ankles. Now, I'm not much taller <laughs> now, but I used to go in packing chickens and Mam was one of the first people to bring in fresh cut cheese on a block into Duns and Balna. And it had never been done. And now there's cheese counters everywhere. And she taught me how to cut the cheese. And I remember learning how to rotate chickens and clean shelves and implement planograms and do orders. And I was like tiny. Um, and I remember the day I turned 16, uh, the people in Duns were like, will you just give her a uniform? <laughs> I was constantly there. <laughs> And I started there and worked in Dunn's. Um, do you know what was brilliant? Like genuinely, it's awful hard work, but I made such brilliant friends from a social aspect. Like you learn an awful lot about yourself, but there's this weird family dynamic that happens. I have some of the coolest friends still from retail. Um, and I always have like standout managers that, that would really be in my head that were like, they always gave me like GA vibes. Like we'd all be brought into the stock room on a Friday evening and it'd be like, right, the peas and beans aisle is in shite. This is what we need to do. And, you know, he or she would rally the troops. And I remember learning about leadership styles. I didn't know what I was learning, but I remember learning how it all worked um, and watching the mechanic of a store and, you know, the back room and, and the stock room and the goods inwards and learning about wastage and how to manage it and pushing sales and, how a customer shops and the level of a product, like there was just so much information that we were constantly absorbing. Um, and like I said, I was with Duns and Valenat and then I went, went to college to start my honours degree. And I transferred to the Swan Centre in Duns and Rat Mines. And I was packing shelves at night. So I used to have a happy meal, had all the toys, and then start work at six o'clock in the evening. And you'd work till maybe two o'clock in the morning and you packed whatever they needed you to pack. And then you went home and got up the next morning and went back to back into college. Um, so it was the coolest experience, genuinely. Like the, the, the learning and the, and the social side of it. Um, we had a few wild nights out as well, like which has to be done. <laughs> but yeah, it was class. And then I went to Australia and came back and my dad had died really suddenly. And I came back and I started on checkouts in Super Value in Ballina because uh, I was skint and had sold my Honda Civic and had nothing. And John Maloney here in Super Value in Ballina very kindly gave me a job. Uh, Mam was working there at the time. And I started my journey in the Musgrave Super Value world at the bottom um, and I worked my way all the way up and I was at the top when I finished on a management team of three. I think we had 42 staff, uh, five supervisors over all of our fresh food areas and stuff. Um, yeah, so I was 19 years in the industry altogether. It was mad. Phenomenal, but I, I completely agree with what you said. It is such a grounding for whatever you go on to do, even if you don't stay in retail, I truly believe everybody needs to work in a retail store. <laughs> Yeah, you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Um, any kind of, you know, sensitive little edges that you might have on you are gone. You know, you have like a bunch of lads packing paperware and cereals. They're shite, like they're going to say whatever they need to say. But I learned the crack as well. Like I learned to be able to take a bit of the crack and give a bit of the crack back 
Um, and even the, you know, it's, it's a tricky environment, like physically it's tough, you know, the the products are heavy, like, you know, when you're, you're flat out packing Coke or washing powder or whatever you're doing. So physically you're exhausted and then you need to keep the game face on for the customer because you are trying to do your job, but you are on the shop floor pretty much all the time, unless you're in goods inwards. Um, So you've been asked questions and like they always used to say to us, you know, you are a representation of the brand. And you're so aware of that all the time with the supermarket chains I worked with. Um, they were very customer focused. So that was constantly been said to us like. I agree. I completely agree. And it's something I think we forget that you're doing all this work. So you have all that to do. But actually, then comes the theatre. It's that it's that kind of presentation on the shop floor as you being so knowledgeable, as you being customer focused. Which kind of brings me into why I wanted you on today, because we're now coming into what I call silly season. It's that crazy time of year where everything's ramped up by a thousand degrees. You're packing out faster than ever, whatever sort of part of the industry you're in. You have more customers than ever. Mm. And you have to cope with this. Um, I'm very mindful, I suppose, of my wording and how I describe this time of year. But it is to me, it's organized chaos. It is a bit of crack as well. But I'm more and more aware as time's gone on, and especially after the last 18 months that we have to mind ourselves, where do you start with looking after yourself at this crazy time of year? Yeah, when you're in it, um, I think you just become, like you learn, oftentimes you learn the hard way. So like I was 16 going into it, and I never forget the first Christmas. I was like, oh my Jesus, (laughs) I was in Duns. I had never seen trolleys that could hold that much stuff. I was like... Wow. Um, and just one, normally it's like people coming up with the two trolleys at this time of year, one maybe packed with alcohol or sweet treats yeah. and the other one with the normal shop. And yeah, those cues. Huge, huge. But I, I do know one of the things that was definitely the saving grace um, was, you know, the background work that goes in. So I would have seen the management teams when I was in, in Duns and the planning that goes in. Like that's your crutch. That's what you lean on when the crazy happens because there's a structure that's in place behind the scenes. And I would have learned an awful lot from the managers and Duns in terms of how they would prepare long before the Christmas season. So like when I was in Super Value, we would go to trade shows um, and we would do our Christmas orders in May and we would do our Easter orders in September. Like you were looking at selection boxes in the middle of the summer and you know your, your head was like, whoa, <laughs> get in the zone. Um, But that level of preparation is the thing that is fundamentally important to your survival. So if you're leading a team, you need to make sure that as the leader, you are prepping from the summer, from May. You need to be in that headspace. Um, I learned some brilliant tricks of the trade from the managers that I worked with, where they would sit and do a debrief in January. So, you know, those gammy kind of days after Christmas, um, around the 28th, 29th, sometimes the the second and third of January, you know, those kind of in-between bits. And they would always sit down and say, right, what went well? Yeah, What did not work? What do we need to make sure that we have in place for next year? If we could go back to November again, what would we change? If we could go back to May again, what would we change? And there was always a one or two page document that was made that would be brought out again in the May of the following year. And that became the bones of how we were going to move forward. So every year we were growing based off of a lot of the time our mistakes. Um, but then we were layering up on the stuff that we knew we did well. Um, and I think that structure was something that was fundamentally important 
in terms of the care piece for a staff member or someone that's in it, uh, sleep is massive. And sometimes we can tie ourselves up into knots if we feel like we're not prepared. So if that preparation piece is in place, you'll have a better quality of sleep. You're not going to be perched on the pillow at three o'clock in the morning thinking, have I enough packaging? So being prepared will help the sleep. Um, Always things like fuel in your body. So look at how you are fueling. One of the things I used to notice about the retail trade was, you know, the, the sweets everywhere. You're flat out your half human, half celebration. Oh, I, listen, I agree. It's funny. I was thinking about this this morning and the retailers I've worked with and like that crazy money, crazy days. But yeah, like the ice cream machines would be dragged out. So you're pumping more and more sugar in, wow. less and less water because, you know, and a really quick story. I remember a bank holiday working for Ikea. It took me four hours to get off the floor to go to the loo. So then after that, I stopped drinking as much water, which, of course, is really detrimental. But, yeah, we do seem to hit the sweet treats and sugar ourselves up. And I remember the lads with the Red Bull and pumping yeah. it into you. And then you're just going to go bang and forget the sleep because you're so yeah. sugared up. So I do think that has to change. Yeah. Back to basics would be what I would say to people moving into the festive period. So think about your sleep. Think about your fuel. Think about your hydration. Um, think about some degree of movement. So I know, like, if I didn't have one of these apple things but i say i must have had like five hundred thousand steps around the shop floor if i had one counting but make sure that there's other movement in there um something maybe that will challenge you oftentimes we feel really frustrated so yeah. you know whether it's the busyness or the workload or you know a million things can be happening at christmas in terms of a retail environment resistance training is great so if you can find something with a punch bag or you know you can do something with a kettlebell that you're going to release some of the tension that's physically been stored in the body really helpful alongside the cardio workouts as well um because you just get a release that's in the body and you'll feel more loose and less tense in yourself which will help you to be able to cope better so keep bringing it back to the basics sleep fuel water movement devices is a big one try and stay off the phone so when you have got downtime try and get out into nature meet up with a friend for a coffee don't be buried in netflix or the phone or your bed because it just becomes a blur. You'll feel like, did I go home? You know, you'll be out of the uniform, into the uniform, out of the uniform, into the uniform. Um, so let there be respectful boundaries to yourself at the end and at the start of your working day and try and build in some sort of an actual break. Um, alcohol is another huge one at the, at the festive period. Um, I know it's class to go mental, right? And we used to do it and we'd have, you know, the Christmas party beyond and you go, book ape on the 23rd or the 22nd I'm trying really hard to look <laughs> serious here and not giggle but yeah we do because yeah. I just said, there's such a camaraderie within retail in your store even in your team yeah of course you want the night out at Christmas but it, it yeah. doesn't help just pace yourself you know recognize if you have to go in and do a 12-hour shift the next day <laughs> you can still have the crack but you don't have to go absolutely demented because you'll be paying for it for four days and Christmas and in the retail world is difficult enough to navigate without a hangover. So mind yourself, you know, just be very aware that there is a tomorrow. Sometimes when we're in today, we're like, it'll be grand. <laughs> you know, the songs are on, you're living your best life, but you will have to face that shop floor the next day. Um, so just be mindful. It doesn't mean you can't have the crack. I'm the queen of the crack, but just be mindful. And all I'm going to say is bright lights. Remember the bright lights in these stores if you have been out the night before. They hurt. They do. So and so do the Christmas songs on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I 
how can you then I suppose mind each other you know we're we, we're really lucky in retail and even with makers I think there's a real camaraderie out there within the Irish kind of design and craft sector that people are really good at leaning on each other which I'm really pleased to kind of read and hear about how can you just watch out for each other at this time of year because we know we're all in it we know we're all you know pumping it really hard but yeah. what do we do for each other at this time of year yeah and you know it's such a great point and I'm lucky enough now as part of this business to work with quite a few makers um communicate it's huge so like I know back in where are we now November so probably like July August time um I realized last year that there was a huge issue with packaging and I had made notes to organize myself this year so when I was doing my orders for my packaging I shot a message to the lads and I was like come here packaging was cat last year have you ordered your boxes and they're like, oh Jesus I never thought of it so talk to each other because your little nugget can really help somebody else check in with each other as well you know if you see someone going quiet on social media um or just you know maybe not themselves in their interactions it takes five minutes to jump on the phone and say, how is things? Listen, is there anything I can do? You know, like that, you could be working in a small town um, and I might have something that you would need. Like share with each other, whether it's knowledge or packaging or inventory or whatever it's going to be. And I think that makes a huge difference. I notice with a lot of makers, um, they work alone. Yeah. And you can feel very alone at Christmas when you see the pictures of people having their big nights out and their parties and you're doing like a 14 18 hour day trying to get the last of that stock out to make some money yeah yeah so I I think it's huge that we talk to each other and like that I've had um communication from some coaches in the coaching world because a lot of us work on our own as well and you know they've kind of said listen how you fixed you know for a Christmas dinner because we work on our own and I think that's lovely as well if you have people in the industry that work alone to reach out and say listen you know, because that feeling of being supported and included and belonging, that gives a little bit of fire in your belly when you're trying to get stuff across the line on your own. And I think it's really needed. I was talking to Cheryl and Willie from Ballyshane a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and they have a group, they have a WhatsApp group for all their pals within the industry. And I would, I would urge anyone out there, especially if you're in your first or second year of making, reach yeah. out to either people in your area or people that actually are in the same part of in- the industry as you, because I think, as you say, that sharing part, that knowing someone else is going through what you're going through, even that itself makes you feel a bit better. It does. Yeah. Or if you see them doing something, um, send a message and say, if you're play to you, you know, because sometimes people take it for granted. We do a big launch or, you know, we're flat out or there's a picture of someone up packing orders late at night. Send the message and say, you know, fair play to you. Like you're, you know, that's class that you're doing so well and that you're working so hard because sometimes no one says that to us, you know. You're, you're waiting for the bit of a pat on the back. And when you're not surrounded by your team, you don't get it. Um, so yeah, all of those things make a big difference. I love that. That recognition piece. I think we all deserve it. We all need it. We need um, it. And then especially, I think that's a really good thing to commit to over the next few weeks to support each other. Yeah. Um, I suppose the last kind of jig, piece of this jigsaw really is the customer. Um, yeah. I've been reading loads over the last kind of couple of weeks that, yes, we're living in this experience economy that we all know about. We want extras on top of what we're buying. We want that bit of theatre. But now there's a real fear that we're starting to come into this expectations economy. So it is that the consumer has a much higher expectation of what they want. They're yeah. more demanding. I'm certainly hearing that from kind of people within the industry right now. 
but also that the consumer is more knowledgeable. So I suppose they're rocking into retail shops, knowing what they want because they've done their research or their homework on their phones, on their iPads. And now they want it now, right now, not tomorrow, not next week, certainly not next year. Forget about the logistical issues. Oh, I feel like I need to take a deep breath after saying all that. How on earth do you deal with that? How do you not let that come in on you and affect you? We, we've talked about the fact it's so busy as it is at this time of the year. How do you deal? And I say that word with the nicest possible compassion. How do you deal with the consumer at this time of the year? Yeah, so two things, definitely for me anyway, um, around managing those expectations. So really clear communication. So have a look at your website or your physical store, if it's a, if it's a physical store on the high street, um, and look at the way that you're communicating with the customer. So is the product clearly visible? Are all of the information points about the product clearly visible? Is the price visible? Can they see how much stock you have? Um, if there's something that's going to change. So for example, I was on chatting on my Instagram recently and I said um, to the people on Instagram, you know, my mom's anniversary is around the 28th of December and I will close before that but it's about telling them. So I make sure that there's communication made through my email marketing, that it'll be on all my social media platforms and that there'll be a banner added to the website. So that if someone does visit any of my ports of call, that there'll be a message clearly communicated. I think expectations are not met, which leads to disappointment if we are not clear in terms of what the customer can expect. Um, so I think clear images on the website and lots of really concise communication people don't have a lot of time at Christmas as well so link the product descriptions you can leave that for if they click into the product but maybe in the first instance keep it really short so that they get a feel for what's in it um, if you have anything to do with your returns policies any of that kind of terms and conditions aspect do take time now in the lead up to sit down and look at it um, and ask yourself are you happy with everything that's contained in it and bring the customer's awareness to it um, if it's necessary. So again, it's all about communication. I think it's so, so important. So that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is from the consumer's perspective, um, people are under an awful lot of pressure. And when someone approaches you and maybe they're not in the best old form, I would always say to myself, you know, what do all humans desire? And we need to be seen, heard and understood. So you need to speak to a customer in the way that they will feel um, acknowledged and accepted and special within your business. So taking that extra little few minutes to let them know that you see them, that you hear them, that you understand their frustrations. Um, I think that takes the edge off it straight away. And then asking yourself, you know, always play the long game. What's within my power to try to hold on to this customer? So what can I do physically now that's gonna make a difference to the situation? Um, and I think again, lots of communication. So if there's something that is that does require a waiting period that you touch base midway, like all of those things make the person or help the person to feel seen, heard and understood. And I think a lot of the frustrations can come from the fact that those needs are not being met. Um, it was it was a huge lesson I learned in the retail world, and it really does make a difference in terms of consumer retention. You do hold on to them if they feel special and they do come back. Um, and we all know, you know, the, the positive word of mouth is what will carry people to your business far quicker than any paid ad on a social media platform. So you want to make sure that they're leaving with a good um, kind of word to say about however the interaction has gone as, as best you can. Sometimes it's not easy, um, but yeah, to the best of your ability. 
I, I actually, I think that's a really good point to kind of lean into. I've always talked about, you know, not closing the sale, start yeah. opening the relationship. As you said, yeah. play the long game. You want that customer not only to be buying a Christmas present, yeah. you want them back next March and next May, and you want them to keep coming back to you. And as you said, you want them to positively talk about you and your brand to their friends, to their family, and bring them all back with them as well. And I think actually that's a really good kind of point to bear in mind over the next few weeks that these consumers just want to have, I suppose, the best Christmas ever. They've had a really tough 18 months. They're probably under a lot of pressure. So are you. But actually, if you can meet them halfway on this, if you can really deliver, you've probably got a customer for life there. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, as humans, we're very intuitive. Like you'll read if someone has something else going on that it's not about the thing that they've come in yeah. for. And while you're maybe dealing with it, that you can say to them, you know, how's things or God, how did you get over the last 20 months? And it changes the tone of the conversation where they might feel in a position to say, well, you know what? It was actually terrible. And God, I'm sorry. I, it, I'm having a really bad day. Like it changes the tone of the conversation and moves it away from just the product or just the interaction between you and the customer and brings in the human element. Um, and listen, everyone can have a bad day. I've seen it. Like, so I think when you're open and honest and authentic and sincere in your dealings with your customers, they'll be the same with you. I love that. And do you know what? It leads for a better customer experience. And if it keeps them coming back, I think it's win-win for everyone. But I do, I think it's about being your authentic self as a retailer, as a maker, putting yourself out there yeah. and then really talking, as you said, communicating yeah. properly with the customer and I think it, it works brilliantly yeah so I suppose my last big question because we're flying through this today what's coming up for you and I suppose the navigation coach over the next six months oh god so it's been a crazy year um as you know like I think things take so long so I've had a lot of launches in the last number of months so the new goal setting diary um my life compass the dated one for 2022 is out so i have a lot of work to do to get all of those out now over the next while there's great excitement about it again thank god um i have a product launch due in january um again that has been in the pipeline for a long time which takes ages i've really learned patience in terms of the process um so yeah, it's it's all go still. My teaching is still happening. The talks are still happening. Um, all of my one-to-ones are still happening. Uh, lovely to see the world opening back up again, that we're in a position to finally meet people again face-to-face. -face. But yeah, just continuing the journey. Um, I absolutely love what I do. And I love the, the paths that I have been lucky enough to cross. Like I work with some really cool, small um, businesses as well as part of the work that I do. And I try to keep it local wherever I can. And it's class to have those people on the journey with you. Um, so yeah, there's loads of stuff in the pipeline. Lots of spending time with my two lads at home and keeping whatever the balance is meant to be. Um, but just enjoying it. You know, I think sometimes you can get so bowled over with all the things you're not doing right or the things that everybody else is doing if you're on social media. Every single day when I come in here, I stop and I say, you know, I'm so grateful to whatever led me to this place to be able to do what I get to do and that's the thing I think we you know we forget that we get to do this we do and I think as kind of retailers maybe with small teams or as makers we just keep going we keep going keep going we want to reach the next thing yeah. but I doubt there's many people listening to this to actually do what you do they stop 
and they have to think, gosh, I've created all of this. Look how well I'm doing. Look at the fact I am mad busy in the run up to Christmas because what I do is amazing. Yeah. And you have to let that in. You know, as humans, we're built like we follow the carrot. You know, we used to hunt however many million years ago it was. Um, so we did the chase and then there was always a reward at the end. But I think sometimes when you're in this industry, you don't stop for long enough to let the reward in. It just feels like you're constantly in the chase. So I know for me, part of what fuels the fire is sitting for long enough. And listen, it can be 30 seconds to sit with something that you've created or to sit and read feedback from a customer that has really benefited from something that you have poured your heart into. And like that, I see it with other makers. Like we can, we were too quick. We read the review. You're praying to Jesus that it's five stars and not one. And we're over it, you know, but sit with it and read the words that that person has said about the thing that you have taken time to create and bring potentially from a dream into a reality. Cause that's the way it always is for me. Um, and I think when you let that in, it changes the lens that you look at all of it through. And definitely that practice of gratitude, even in the thick of the crazy, you know, I've often been here at three o'clock in the morning packing orders and I'll put on the tunes and, you know, go to the 24 hour garage and, and get a cup of tea. And I'd be like, this is deadly. Like there's a, there's a 96 year old version of me somewhere in the future that would give her arm to come back and be here in the trenches, in the thick of it. Um, and that changes the energy that's around it when you're in it. So if you're not doing that, you need to take the time to do it. It's class. That's a great kind of positive note to end this with. Tara, thank you so much for joining me today. There's loads of words of wisdom there. I really appreciate it. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please like, share and subscribe to the Retail Tea Break. Leave us a comment. Tell us maybe what your best kind of coping mechanisms, what your top tips are for this time of year. Um, and until next time, we'll see you soon.